What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Wellness Digest. We're sitting down with a special guest today, Illy. She's an integrative nutrition coach, and she also is the founder of Live Healthily, which is an online marketplace for all your non-toxic essentials like clean beauty, fitness supplements, and more. Everything in her store is handpicked and vetted by Illy herself and held to very high standards. She doesn't allow any artificial BS, and she only carries products from brands that are willing to be transparent about exactly what you're getting. We will let Illy share her personal health journey story with you, but we actually found Illy after one of our TikToks went viral, and we began getting a lot of hate comments after exposing some of the ugly truths about the ingredients in our food. A follower of ours recommended that we reach out to Illy because she too gets a lot of backlash for exposing the corruption that kind of goes on in the food industry. So we've bonded with Illy over the fact that she's also keeping it real about what's really going on with our food and using her platform to share this important information that allows people to make informed decisions as consumers about what goes into their bodies. She's hilarious, she's fearless, we just really love her and she's been super supportive of us as Wellness Digest has grown in the last month. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to Wellness Digest for another episode where we have a special guest with us today. We're so excited to have her on the podcast. Her name is Illy. Welcome. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Some of you might know her as Health Illy. If you don't, you're going to get to know her today. We're going to learn all about her and we're so excited to talk with you. Of course. Well, thank you guys for having me. I love just coming on and obviously getting to chat more about how I got here and just, you know, the myths of what has really been going on, especially because I used to preach a lot of these things that I'm like so against today. Um, You know, people just think that I was like raised in this like really holistic minded, you know, household when I literally grew up on dinosaur chicken nuggets and Velveeta mac and cheese. And, and I, I, I was still eating that throughout college. And, you know, my diet was alcohol and you know those Totino's little rolls and thing you know so I I've I've been there and I I can relate to a lot of the people that um really have a lot to say about my current lifestyle because I've been there and I've lived it up until only three four years ago so it's a fairly recent transition for me but yeah I'm really excited to chat more with you guys and yeah go over a lot of those um hard-hitting issues that people have with the wellness side and the holistic side of diet and health. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that people don't like realize, or at least I can relate to like Tatum and I didn't like, we weren't born these pristine babies who were so healthy and had no gut issues and ate like vegetables out of the ground since we were born. Like not at all. Like we ate dino nuggets. We went to college and had McDonald's literally every Saturday after drinking Burnett's the night before and being hungover. Like we weren't always these healthy people. And I feel like people think that like, just because we preach this now, because our lifestyles have adapted that we were always that way. But no, like I can totally relate to some of the comments that I get or the people who are like, Oh my God, this is so hard. I don't know what to believe. I've been there. We've all made it to the other side. And I think that is like such an important call out because I feel like people think that we're just like these healthy people from the game, but we learn to be this way for a reason. Yeah. That's such a good point too, is because, yeah, I think when you come on social media, it's like, you almost have to give your like whole life story before you give any type of advice. It's not enough to just be like, this is what works for me. It's like, no, this is kind of what I had to, I had to get to this point, or I would end up with three different, you know, mystery illnesses. And I, on it, to be honest, if I didn't change my lifestyle, I would, I would be in a really bad place right now, like skin wise, health wise. And I'm still at a place where even with a lot of my changes, now I need more technical help because of all the damage that I did unknowingly um, for so many years. So yeah, I think everyone just thinks that we were, we've been so lucky and we got to grow our own vegetables our whole life, but 
no, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I only just started really caring about my health around like 25, 26 years old. So never say never, you know, but I, I thought I was one of those people where I never thought in a million years, I wouldn't have an Oreo again in my life. Cause I had them. That was like my go-to snack. You know, I was like, what's the big deal? Like, it's just an Oreo, everything in moderation. Um, but it was those little moderate habits that became really detrimental to my health for after years of, you know, unknowingly seeing how that could possibly affect me. Yeah. So before we hear more about live health illy, kind of your transition, can you tell us like, if we were to zoom back like 10 years ago, um, cause I've obviously followed you for a long time and looked at kind of how you say that you used to be a part of like that classic fitness culture. Can you tell us a little bit about like what made you come to this point in your background? Yeah. Do we have to, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do I have to go there? No. Um, so I started like 10 years ago. I was a personal trainer. I used to be really active, like all throughout high school and then college, I decided I didn't want to do sports anymore. I did soccer and track. And so that's kind of when I picked up the passion for bodybuilding, I thought it was really cool that you can literally transform your body. Cause I've never worked out in that way. I've always worked out to perform. So being a bodybuilder, was like the coolest thing ever. And I kind of just immersed myself in that culture. And I think anyone that does sports kind of knows that like, you're kind of you're like, this is your lifestyle now. So I went from like my soccer lifestyle to having nothing. So bodybuilding was kind of that new community that I felt really good about. And I picked it up really easily. So I went and I got my NASM certification. I was like all in, you know? Um, and then I started training at Equinox and Rockefeller center. So I was working with really high profile clients, CEOs of companies, even some celebrities, newscasters that would work at NBC across the street. So just a lot, I really was kind of on my high horse when it came to everything I knew I had my cert. Um, and then Equinox even has more education that you can get through them. And they have kind of people who fly from all trainers from all over the country to train you to be even more knowledgeable in your practice. So I was really doing everything that I had to do. And I, in result, I had my dream body. I felt like I was the most fit. I looked the most fit. I had washboard abs. Um, and I just really loved what I was doing. And I was also counting my macros, counting my calories. I pretty much came every day to work with my set meals, my protein shakes. I was taking my pre-workout because again, I had like really long hours, like 10 hour days training people. So yeah, I was taking pre-workout, doing the energy drinks and everything, nothing that was like, I'm having four energy drinks a day. I'd probably have like a can every couple of days. I'd have my pre-workout, like really the basics. I was never a big coffee drinker. So my only source of caffeine was really like my pre-workout. I use things in a, in a normal, whatever it said on the back of the box is what I was doing. You know, I wasn't doing anything too crazy. So eventually I kind of hit a point where I noticed, um, my, my stomach was really hard and bloated and, uh, I wasn't really pooping every single day. My skin was really bad, like really bad cystic, painful acne. And not only that, but it just, the texture of my skin was really dull and kind of just look like, you know, like the back of a crunch bar, honestly, like that texture and also explain it. Um, I had really painful migraines. I had about, so I, I got diagnosed technically with chronic migraines, which is more than 15 a month. So I was pretty much waking up every day with a, with a headache. Um, and it was, it was really just detrimental on top of that. My periods were just the most painful thing you could ever feel. And of course, when you go to the doctor, you go to your gynecologist, they're like, we'll just put you on a different birth control. So from 21 to 25, I was probably on seven different types of birth control to kind of mitigate these symptoms that I was feeling. Um, but I started to notice with every birth control, I trade one symptom for another, right? Like one month I'd have better migraines, but my periods would be non-existent or I'd have my period. And then my migraines were worse or my bloating was worse or my anxiety was bad. I started to break out in, in kind of anxiety attacks. Um, my, my brain fog got really bad towards the end. So eventually I got off birth control, but still I kind of just felt not right. Um, the birth control kind of helped my, my period situation a little bit. Like my periods kind of felt a little more normal, but my main issue was still my skin and my bloating and my constipation and my migraines. So after going to 
obviously I worked with a lot of dietitians and my dietitians are like, I see you every day. You're like, so on point with your diet. I don't get how you're struggling with all of this. I'm like, me neither. But if you're saying my diet's good, then clearly, you know, I trusted the professionals back in the day, um, today, not so much. Um, but back in the day, you know, those were the people that I would go to. I didn't really think I knew as much. So my dietitian, a couple of dietitian friends were like, no, your diet looks really great. Maybe go to a doctor. So after the couple doctor's office, I went to a gastro, I went to a neurologist, the, neuro- the neurologist wanted to put me on Percocets. I was like 23 at this age. I was like, I think I'm a little too young for Percocets maybe, you know? Uh, so I said no to that, but they couldn't find anything. They, I've had blood work done. Pretty much everything came back normal, which is probably the worst thing to hear when you literally feel like a zombie, like literally rising from the dead every single day. So that's kind of when I had to kind of hit reality and be like, maybe something about my lifestyle isn't cutting it for me anymore. And so I, of course I looked at my food, but I was mainly just eating like chicken, broccoli, rice, like how bad could that be? You know, like, and then I'd have like my couple, you know, cheat days essentially where I, after the gym or a long day of eating healthy, I'd have McDonald's or I'd have a protein bar. I've had ice cream, which all of that I've been told that's normal. That's how you should be eating. You should be able to eat everything in moderation because there are no such thing as good or bad foods. Every food is good food, right? that's kind of my mind. That was my mindset for a really long time until I came across a couple accounts, um, which kind of full circle, because now I'm like friends with all these people. But I came across a a few accounts like uh, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, who's amazing. um, Dr. Jolene Brighton, who talks about periods. And that was the first book that I ever got about hormone health. And obviously, she brings up diet in there a lot. And then I found Dr. Christian Gonzalez, who introduced me to a whole slew of other people who kind of were introducing me to ingredients. And I was like, what do you mean ingredients could be harmful? The FDA would never do that. If it's on our shelves, it should be safe to eat, right? Everything in moderation. There's no such thing as a good or bad food. All these things kind of in my mind, but I was, I was so desperate. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll do the wellness holistic thing. I'll try it. Why not? And lo and behold, my migraines went away, my bloating went away. Um, And it's not saying that this was like a miracle. Obviously, I still to this day have so much damage that I've caused from just being kind of ignorant to it all. Like I didn't really know. Um, But a lot of my immediate symptoms that I was struggling with chronically weren't so chronic anymore. Like my skin just naturally started subsiding. I feel like my body wasn't riddled with toxins anymore. It actually had time to breathe and be nourished. So that's kind of how I got to at least that to where I am right now, where I just kind of started sharing organically with like my friends and family. And then, you know, obviously word spread, Oh yeah, this girl ate real food and healed herself. What the hell you have to follow, you have to see this. (laughs) And that's kind of how I grew my account now three years later. So that's where we're at. Yeah. I mean, I think that so many of us like live, I know has like, has a story where she kind of like hit a wall at a certain point and was like, nothing else is working. And, um, same for, same for myself to where, like, I just was feeling like shit every single day. Like it didn't even matter to like, I, I was eating pretty clean and I'd still wake up like not feeling well. And I was like, I know that's how, you know, it has to be something deeper. And that's how long it takes for the, you know, 16, 18 years, before I kind of like realized the impact of food on my health to like make up for all of that, because I was eating terribly all throughout my childhood and throughout college. And so when I started eating better, it wasn't like just instantly overnight, like my health shifted. Like I still have days where like, I don't feel great. And like, there's still deeper issues. And that's why I live. And I preach so much like a root cause approach, because even if you are eating like the most perfect diet, you're eating organic, you're eating whole foods, you know, there's still so many toxins and things that we're exposed to that accumulate in our body and make us feel sick. And so we have to focus on getting rid of those too, which is like a whole nother ball game. But, um, yeah, I think so many people we know just experience exactly what you just said of like, nothing else is nothing's adding up. Like it has to be, has to be what I'm putting in my body. Like what, you know, at yeah, that like point, what else? else? At yeah. This point. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I think something else I was thinking about while you were saying things is like the, oh, why would food on our shelves be bad for us? Like, why, why would the FDA give us things that are making us sick? And so I'm curious when people ask you that question, because I generally don't talk super heavily about food. I feel like it's Tatum maybe who more talks a little bit about ingredients of food and whatnot, but like when like the basic person who's never been educated asks you like, well, why are there bad ingredients on our shelves and in our foods? What's kind of like the response you give them and say? Yeah. I mean, and kind of, it's usually not something that I could address in like a little TikTok comment section, but for the most part, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of lobbying that goes on with the FDA. Um, a lot of big food brands and big, you know, they like to call it big food because there's about 10 companies that really own all of the food that's on our shelves. And a lot of those brands are also invested in pharma. So there's kind of a lot of um, conflict of interest, as you will. So that's obviously one section of it, right? And this is like not even a conspiracy. Like you can go on these websites and you could see who's funding these big companies. The curriculum that funds the courses for dietitians, you can see who, who sponsors them every single year. And a lot of them are these brands that literally contain cancer causing ingredients and gut harming ingredients. So it's, it's all there. It's just, people don't care to look. Um, but I would say there's kind of two ways that things get approved when it comes to the FDA. And that's something called grass, which is generally recognized as safe. So what grass is, is, and most of the things on the shelf are considered grass. There are new ingredients being created every single day, like thousands of ingredients. And the FDA has admitted, and these are, there's articles out there where they have admitted that they physically cannot keep up. So they will kind of look at the chemical structure of these ingredients and be like, okay, well, this is already, we've already like studied this one and this one's like kind of similar. So this one must be safe to use also. And they just kind of approve it. Obviously that's one way they do it. Also, again, with the lobbying where you can kind of pay for your spot. But yeah, that's like the, the main way. So a lot of these things that say they're generally recognized as safe as the FDA is essentially saying we didn't really test this. Like we actually have no idea, but we're basing it off of our best knowledge that this is very similar to this. This is why so many different um, artificial sweeteners exist now because and most of them are generally recognized as safe because none of them are truly tested to their full ability. And I always like giving this kind of analogy of like how late they really are to the game where they don't really go about things in a um, preventative way, which is kind of how we live our lifestyles as we like, I'd rather, I'd rather be safe than sorry. We're like, I was sorry for many years and now I have to be safe. Um, so one example is I back, I think in the, I don't even know when really, I think it was in the early seventies or maybe even the fifties um, when they used to package kind of, you go to a butcher and they would package meat. So back in the day, there was probably around like 27 different dyes that were allowed to be used in our food and products. And they rolled out these dyes. I said, these dyes are safe. Let's use, use them to the point where the USDA, which is who we kind of go for now, or it's USDA organic, um, was using the, one of these dyes, Violet 1, to stamp meat. So they would use, stamp this meat, be like, this is a USDA certified meat. Here you go. Go about your day. It took them 20 years to realize that this dye that they're using to stamp meat, an official stamp from the USDA, actually causes cancer. Perfect. And then they decided to take it off the shelves. And of course, who's liable? Not them. So that's kind of a great example. And you can do this with many things, DDT, a lot of things that were originally approved, and now we realize that they're harmful. This has happened for years in science. So Violet One is always a unique one because it is an example of how things can easily be sent out into market and then be taken back and banned and can never be used again because they have found a direct link to cancer. But here we are, thousands of people were using it on their food and on their meat and in their products and consuming it on a daily basis. And now it's like, here's your cancer diagnosis. Sorry, sorry, we did that to you. And a little, they get a little tap on the hands and that's it. Like there's no real consequence to it. So this is the type of corruption that's been happening. And this is why when people say, well, there's no scientific studies right now that are saying this is, this is bad. It's like, all right, well, what happens when in 20 years, when they actually catch up with it, then what, what are you going to say? Sorry, I was wrong. I mean, it's a little too late now. So that's kind of like always, obviously it's a long-winded um, 
example, and it can't always be discussed because people, there's so many different things that you could bring up. But yeah, that's usually what I tell people is that there's just a lot of, unfortunately, corruption. I know people don't want to believe it, but there is. And they just cannot keep up with the high supply of ingredients that are being pushed out every single day by laboratories and food companies. The other thing, too, is that I don't think people realize is that the definition of safe that is set by these organizations is also bullshit. So what I hate, the argument that I hate the most is like, you'd have to eat 3000 servings of Cheerios in order to get cancer. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did they sit there and force feed someone 3000 bowls of Cheerios until they got cancer? No. How do you even come up with that number? Like, it's not those numbers are so arbitrary. And I think that's like your whole point is that they're banking off of people being so uneducated about these things that they just don't care and like, don't go take the time to investigate. And like today, for example, I saw like, a, it was a video about high fructose corn syrup and the person in the video was basically saying like, you know, you should not eat this. And someone in the comments was like, how do I spot products with high fructose corn syrup? I'm like, you flip it over yeah. and read the ingredient like like we all do with our hands and our eyes people don't even know that you can read an yeah. ingredient label to see what's in your food like that's not even like yeah the, the dots like are not that. being connected <laughs> well I've had people are like what do you mean the ingredients are so clean and they don't realize the actual ingredients are like under the nutrition label like they right. don't they genuinely don't realize and that's fine I'm not like oh you're stupid you don't know but it's like it's crazy that people just think, oh, I flip it over. We're trained to look at the calories mm -hmm. and that's really it. Like we don't even look below the nutrition label at all, which is to me is the most important part. Let me see what's actually in this. And then I can look at like, all right, where is this? It says 10 grams of sugar, but where is that sugar coming from? I'm going to get exactly where it's coming from right below that nutrition label. So yeah, people really, they don't know. It's not something that's being taught. It's definitely not being taught in school. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And so you just said that the most important thing for you is looking at ingredients, which is 100% the same thing for Tatum and I and shifting away from like low calorie, like this has this amount of carbs and hits your macros. Can you explain kind of like, because I know you have a very simple approach to eating, but like what your approach to eating in and then why you think this is kind of like shit on by the mainstream health people, same yeah. as ours. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as much as, you know, there's these movements for body positivity and I, obviously I appreciate them. I just think we're still very much driven by aesthetic. Unfortunately, people don't want to admit it. So as soon as we see someone who's fit, which I have no problem coming for fit people, even though I don't have like washboard abs anymore, because it, they really do have this kind of hierarchy where they think that they're automatically this health God, because they have, they look so fit. And people are always shocked when I'm like, you can be very fit and very unhealthy. And people don't realize how those two can't be the same thing. Like I, I chased fitness for 10 years of my life and I got it. And I was at the worst health of my life because I was not truly nourishing myself. I don't know much, many bodybuilders that actually eat seasonally that eat for their cycle, right. That eat for their stress levels that eat for proper nourishment. They're just like protein, carbs, fat. That's it. If fat, if they even care about that, you know, like it's really, and then it's like, I take a greens powder to get my vegetables because it doesn't fit in my macros right now, you know? So it's, it's one of those, it's, it's really just, I think we're just so driven by aesthetic that we automatically think if someone is fit, they are healthy. And I just had to eventually, if I, I understood that if, and not saying that you can be fit and healthy, I think that's my whole mantra is that you totally can. Like I have a website that has protein that's good for you and pre-workout that's good for you and it's clean. So you can still get those goals and achieve those goals. It's just, that shouldn't be your main driver. And now we just have this, this wave of fitness influencers that are just have zero education on nutrition to start. Right but they're preaching nutrition advice, right? Because it's, it's not hard or illegal to say, eat whatever you want, right? People are going to love you for it. Because they're like, I eat whatever I want and look at me, but it's not that simple. There's so many different functions of the body. We're not just eating machines where you just eat, digest and poop. 
because many people, guess what, aren't pooping. And um, many people are constipated. And many people do have chronic diarrhea. Um, and there's so many other factors where, unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of fitness influencers struggle with very bad hormonal problems, very bad skin problems, like bad dermatitis, bad psoriasis. We have a lot, how many fitness influencers struggle with anxiety and depression? Um, and how many fitness influencers struggle with infertility, unfortunately, and this isn't to shame people to like, see how unhealthy you are. It's just, we have to open our eyes that maybe this diet and lifestyle isn't the most nourishing diet and lifestyle. Like if, if I don't have a goal to step on a stage one day, why am I trying to get this like chiseled body? Like I can just have a nice body that I like that works for me without having to like have these like completely bouldered out shoulder. Like I don't, why do, why do we need that? And I get the aesthetic factor of it, but I think you can really have both. So there's so many different factors to weight loss and becoming fit that aren't just calories in calories out. And again, I, I've seen this with my own clients when I used to take clients and a lot of my friends who are coaches and doctors and um, they take clients and they're people who've been counting calories and busting their ass for years and not seeing any improvement. And they don't realize that there is a difference between holding weight and holding inflammation. And on top of that, there's so many other factors like blood sugar regulation, stress, getting proper sleep, getting proper hydration. There's so many other things that can contribute to weight loss or weight gain that just go completely under the radar when it comes to the fitness industry, because they just don't know. And that's fine. But when people try to educate them on it, it's like, well, I look better than you. And then we get nowhere and then we get bullied on the internet because we don't look better than them. So who are you to tell me, you know? So yeah, it's like this really big divide between fitness and health. And my goal is to really just try to combine those two and be like, you can do both. I promise. So let's talk about also kind of like the divide between the people who say that we're like fear mongering by telling people mm -hmm. to eat real whole foods. <laughs> like that stop. is, that's something that I just like really cannot comprehend because okay, let's say I'm wrong. Let's just, first of all, like yeah. you're, let's say you're right. I'm wrong. That's fine. How does it impact you at all for me to be eliminating <laughs> toxins from my life? Like if I want to do that, why is that? How is that harming you at all? All I'm doing is just eating cleaner and so freaking what? Like, it's yeah. just, it, I don't understand why telling people to just eat real whole foods, which is by the way, what people did for centuries before food started being processed. It's not like that's never been a thing before. Um, but like, why would that even be a harmful mindset to encourage people to shift towards? Like, I'm just, I don't understand the, yeah. the anger like around the that. The cumulative distress that we're all feeling right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the thing is that it's not, it's not a bad thing to to promote, but I, I, from the way I've seen it and I've had conversations with people, because I try to understand why am I getting so much hate? And, you know, I always like to open up, you know, why, you know, but I, I go to people that I actually trust, not just like people who bully me on the internet, like, Hey, where, where does this come from? And it really comes from this. Um, and this is like a loaded topic, but it really comes from this idea that, um, of really just food, just like food disorders many people struggle with eating disorders and that is a real thing but people don't realize that the food that we have now is scientifically created to keep us addicted so how much of your and we're told on the internet by these fitness influencers that binge eating and eating disorders is strictly emotional and maybe that is the case for some people but people don't also realize that there are foods created to keep you addicted. That's why if you open a bag of Doritos, every Dorito will taste the same because it is created to taste the same. This is why you have food scientists. We didn't have food scientists. Who's making our food? Farmers gathering our food. We now have food scientists that have our taste buds literally down to a science where they can test flavors on our tongue to make a flavor linger long enough on our tongue that we will continue to eat a whole bag without even realizing it. Like this mindless eating, it's not just emotional. So when people come at me and go, this is harmful for people who have eating disorders, it's actually more harmful to tell someone with an eating disorder that this is a free-for-all. You can eat however you want. And eventually maybe down the line, you'll heal your relationship with food, 
but that relationship for food has no longer become emotional. It's, it's become physiological where you are physically addicted to this food. And obviously if people are interested in that topic, there's two really great books on it, Dorito Effect and the book Hooked, which Hooked literally relates food and makes the comparison to food to literal hard drugs like cocaine and even weed or smoking cigarettes. Like they have run tests on people that will never see the light of day because of corruption, but they run tests on people that these foods light up the same areas in the brain as drugs. So to just tell people that it's all in their head, that their binge disorder is just strictly an emotional thing. And although I do think that that can be a factor for people, but we cannot deny the fact that our food is constantly being manipulated. And when you understand that it no longer becomes fear, but it becomes empowerment. I know that these brands are unfortunately are out to get us are out to keep us customers for the rest of our lives. And that was actually the biggest thing for me because I struggled with I guess, a form of binge eating where I would just have a complete cheat day and just have a free for all eating. And obviously I felt like shit the next day, but I was like, I'm a trainer. I'll be good. Um, and obviously it didn't work out for me. I never thought I would see a day where I would, I would never see an Oreo or I'd ever never eat McDonald's again, because it was so ingrained into my diet as my, my go-to cheat where today I don't even crave those foods anymore because I feel like just through eating real food, and understanding that these foods are created to keep me addicted and I stayed away from them. I've literally rechanged my palate where I don't even crave things like that. And I remember uh, two years ago, I think I had like a soda, like a uh, Coca-Cola, which normally I, I wouldn't mind having like a Coca-Cola at all. I literally wanted to throw up of like how sweet it was on my tongue. I was like, oh my God, I could never eat something like this. Meanwhile, I, I went my whole life eating, drinking and no problem. So yeah, I think there's, it's a multi-level issue, but I think once people realize that it doesn't have to be fearful, I think we should be more afraid that this stuff is even legal to be honest, but I think it does turn into empowerment because now you understand how important eating real food is and weeding out the synthetic ones that are created to keep us addicted. Okay. Something that I've said to Tatum when I have just absolutely had it with people saying that this is fear mongering yeah. is like, no, you shouldn't be fearful of the concept of food and what food is, but like, yeah, you should be fearful of our food and not yeah. in a way that like scares you and makes you think that like your life is over, but like you should be so fueled up by like what the hell is in our food to get educated and to learn about what is going into your body. And I'm just like, yeah, I made a I made a post like I think it was like a year ago in like the height of my um like TikTok career when I was like actually posting videos and being hated on the most. Um that was a fun time for me. Um <laughs> I made a post where I was like you call it fear-mongering, I call it informed consent because if you really think about it, I was never informed through my 25 years of being alive that any of these foods could be harmful to me, right? Like I I had no idea. I had to search high and low, um, search the internet, like, and get people from all over to try to help me figure out what was actually going on. So, you know, some people come on my page and be like, this is fear mongering. This makes me fear food. Uh, when in reality, I feel like if I know that something's harmful for me, like we all know, if we go out and drink a lot, we're going to get a hangover and we're going to feel like crap. That's a version of informed consent, right? Like with our food and our thing, like this is what happens. If someone said, here, drink this, and you didn't know that it's going to make you throw up the next day, that's not informed consent at all. So the way I like to approach is I'm informing you what the potential dangers are of these foods. If you want to continue to eat those foods, by all means, go for it. This is a free country. You can do whatever you want. But when I'm telling you, hey, this protein powder that you love so much has ingredients that could potentially harm your gut, cause bloating, cause gastrointestinal distress. And you're like, okay, well, I like it anyway. This is fear mongering. But let's say six months down the line, you start to really have problems with your gut. Guess what? You're going to remember what I said and be like, hmm, maybe it's my protein powder. Let me try maybe another brand or let me get rid of it. That's all. Because now, you know, instead of you living like me for 25 years, you're like, what could it be? And like, I, I have no idea where now that I know that if I go out and I have something with artificial sweetener and my stomach hurts the next day, I'm like, well, did that to myself because I knew that 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 that's a reaction that I would get. 
Or if I give my child artificial dye, and I know that artificial dyes cause hyperactivity in children, and my kid is bouncing off the walls because I wanted to give them a treat that had artificial dye in it, I'm going to be like, well, I knew that that was the consequence. And here we are now. And it's not saying not to do those things ever, but it just gives you more insight of like how your body can react to certain things. And then you can make adjustments in your diet based on those things. If you're living your life and you're like, I'm in perfect health, I feel fine. One, tell me what you're doing because I need help. (laughs) And then two, you know, it's then great for you. Continue eating. You should not be triggered by what any of us have to say if you feel amazing. But I think it usually comes from a place where it's much easier to say that this is fear mongering. I don't like what you have to say. And honestly, misinformation today is just, you don't like what I'm saying to you. That's it. So, um, I think that's really what it comes down to is people just don't like to hear it because it, it requires change. And for a lot of fitness influencers, it requires losing your sponsorship, which puts money in your pocket and food on the table. Um, so yeah, I've, I've actually had a couple influencers, big influencers, hundreds of thousands of followers uh, follow me, DM me. And they're like, I actually don't use any of the products I sell ever since I saw your page, um, but I'm waiting for my contract to expire. So think about how many influencers out there that don't actually use the products, but they have to say, this is what this does. And I've, I've been contacted by, you know, some of the big fitness brands, not knowing that I hate everything that they do. <laughs> and they're, they pretty much what, what a brand deal looks like is essentially they tell you what to say, Hey, I will give you this product or I will pay you however much money. So you can say that this product cures your bloating or this product heals your cramps or this product does whatever. But guess what? That's not called fear mongering or, hey, you told me this. Like No one looks at that as misinformation or any of that. It's just a normal thing. You're getting paid to do this. But all of a sudden you tell people like, hey, maybe you should uh, put that to the side, the back burner for a little and eat some real food. And all of a sudden you are uh, you have a red X on your forehead and you should be shunned from society. (laughs) Yeah. And having I really like how you said that the informed consent that makes me feel like it gives like so much of the power back to the consumer. Because then you can choose, like, I still know, like, if I go eat that in and out burger, like, I know what is in that. And I know it's not great for my body, but sometimes I'm just going to do it anyway. And I'm going to know that yeah. if I have a little health after, I understand why that is happening. Yeah. And I think the, the added factor to that is once you understand that it is informed consent, the added factor is self-care and self-love. Because if I know something's causing harm to me, why would I want to continue to eat that product? So I always relate it to people and being in a toxic relationship, right? If your man is continuing to cheat on you, but you keep saying, but I love him anyway, that's no different than you, you know, continuing to eat foods that you know are hurting you. So once you have that informed consent, you start being more aware of the products that you're eating and the ingredients that are kind of hurting you and hurting your stomach, whether it's the canola oil or the artificial sweeteners or the gums or whatever it may be. Once you have that level, now you have to say like, all right, how is this worth causing damage? Is this worth the temporary satisfaction? Is there another option, right? Like, is this protein powder the only protein powder available to me? Maybe not, right? And I I try to tell people it's not, you know, is this energy drink the only energy drink on the market that I, I, I can only drink? Probably not. There's always going to be an alternative. So you don't have to necessarily give up that food that you love, you can just find a better alternative. And that's, that's what I'm about. It's like, I don't want to just cause fear in people without giving them a solution. That's obviously what started my website and just my page in general is because I was giving people that helpful alternative. And just a disclaimer, I always say sometimes the best alternative is no alternative. Like if you're constantly every night, like I eat a cookie every night after dinner, what's a better cookie? I mean, I'm not going to tell you like, Hey, just eat an organic cookie every night. Cookie is still a cookie, whether it's organic or, or not. So clearly, you know, as a coach, you have to address other factors. Like what do your meals look like? What is your stress? You know, there's other factors to it. So I never want to be like, just because it's organic, it's good for you. Um, But I think when it comes to like the main things that we're consuming on a daily basis, our breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and our supplements, I think if we make the best choices and we're informed about it and we love ourselves, we're going to try our best to minimize the toxins so that when we do have something like a Snickers bar or whatever your go-to is, 
it's not going to cause as much damage. And you're also probably not even going to like it when you do have it after a long period of time. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like everything we are saying comes back to like food being so emotional. And I honestly, I've, I've always understood that food is emotional because I've had an emotional relationship with food, but I didn't like really understand until we started to post on TikTok. And then obviously people are um, wanting to chop Tatum's head off or telling them that Cheerios might not be the best option. So why both of you, do you think that like food is so triggering for everybody? Like, why is this such a triggering topic? Yeah. I mean, I was just reading a book. um, I think it was in the book, Deep Nutrition. But there was a quote in the book that really stuck out to me. And it said that America is one of the only countries, if not the only country, where food is driven by satisfaction, where other countries it's driven by community and nourishment. And I thought I found that so interesting. And I think that has a lot to do with obviously the companies that own a lot of the food and marketing, right? Like food marketing alone is a multi-billion dollar industry if not trillions um so i just think it has a lot to do with marketing and obviously the science behind how our food is made where you go to other countries and eating is an experience you sit you laugh together you enjoy the time together you say your prayers before you know whatever you do and it's it's a really a whole you know you're gonna have your meats and your veggies and everything's fresh where you come to america and it's like i just gotta eat Um, everything's convenient and it's, I just got to be quick and it has to taste good. It's like, that's all we care about. And I think that's a big reason why it is so emotional. There's so many factors, right? Not just like our lifestyles in general, like we have to work more and there's longer hours in a day and everybody's like hustle culture. So the only satisfaction we get in life is like eating, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, But I think once you kind of change that mindset and you realize that a lot like we really are kind of they really try to set us up for failure in America when it comes to the convenience of things like I was just at my honeymoon in Ireland and there was like no drive throughs like you couldn't just go and grab like I remember my uh my husband and I wanted to just like go grab something quick it's like no we literally had to sit at a restaurant you know because the next drive through wasn't for like miles away but here in America you can go anywhere and find a drive-through after drive-through after drive-through after drive-through it's a common thing so yeah I just thought that quote was very interesting because it opened my eyes to like holy crap that's really how America is like we are just we eat for convenience we eat for satisfaction it's pretty much it you know we want it to be quick we want it to be good and I think that's a big driver for that emotional aspect of it where people just don't have the energy the time to even care they just want it to get be in front of them The satisfaction thing that you said is so interesting because then that made me think about like how angry people will get if like their food's not coming fast enough at like a restaurant (laughs) or like a, if they're waiting in line for too long or their order is wrong. Like how many like videos have you seen of people who like lost their shit at a restaurant because like they, something went wrong. And I feel like that's so true that like food here is just, yeah, that like instant gratification of like, I can have it when I want it. And if I can't, it's a problem. And it's just, it's unfortunate because it takes away from something that I preach all the time is like the quality of the food that you're eating is really important, but also like the connection that you have to that food is equally important. Like spending actual time with your food, showing appreciation for where your food came from, the farmer who grew that food for you, like it's a whole process. It's much more than just eating. It's like a process of like gratitude and so many other things that can also be beneficial for your health that like, that's also why I, another reason why I try to eat less processed foods, even if it's like a healthier alternative, but it's still really processed. Like it just takes away from like the connection that you have to that food because it's 10 more steps that food took to get to your table that you don't know about. So it's like that also, it just removes the, yeah the connection that we have to it. And I think it makes people so we're just, we're just disconnected from our food in general. And so people just like, that's, that's such a good point about the whole disconnection thing, because yeah, um, people have no idea. And it's also just very odd that there's so many different um, kind of campaigns kind of going on at once where it's like, save the planet, but then we'll look where a majority of people in America eat, you know, you're getting your burgers flown in from all different countries and you're getting your french fries flown in from 
potatoes make uh, created in India. There was a article that came out where I think it was McDonald's was suing um, Indian farmers for growing the potato that they use to make McDonald's fries. So now they can't even grow their own food because McDonald's has to use it. So people don't even think about the implications of what these companies are actually doing. You're taking food away from people so that Americans can get that specific McDonald's fry cut so perfectly, fried at the perfect temperature for their satisfaction and convenience. It's absolutely horrific. And we, and everyone wants to be like, drink out of a, you know, bamboo straw and do this. And it's like, what are we actually doing by consuming these foods? You know, like, how are we actually affecting other countries and the food system in general? So there, there's so, yeah, we're just so disconnected. And most people don't even know these things are happening or going on because no one even cares. They care about the wrong thing. People are more, um, care more about things just getting here fast. And this can be in, in so many different aspects, right? Where people care about, you know, fast fashion, Oh, you're, you know, obviously we have child labor laws in America, but they don't have it in other countries. But how many people have thousands of Shein hauls on TikTok, right? No one says anything about that. But meanwhile, not only do they abuse their workers, but they just came out that they have extremely high levels of endocrine disruptors in their actual clothing that people are wearing and damaging their health and causing hormonal imbalance in their actual body. So it's not just like, it's like, People want to care about a cause, but then support all those things at the same time for what convenience, a TikTok, some money. And yeah, this can be, this can trickle into literally everything, not just our food. It's, it's literally everywhere. So going holistic and going the mindful route and the informed consent route really does overall help the planet, right? If that's really what people's concerns are. Uh, and, and it helps yourself. It helps the communities around you. I mean, for me, I would have never known I had farms near me if I didn't start caring about where my food came from. I wouldn't care to start growing vegetables in my backyard in the middle of the Florida heat if I didn't care about where my things were being flown from, my vegetables were being flown from. Um, I would have never known that there are meat companies out there that literally have dedicated their farms to being um, work on the bio, the microbiome of the actual soil. Like they, they do all these things to help people. And most people would rather have a McDonald's cheeseburger, which we don't even know. Like if you put that thing under a microscope, there's probably like 12 different types of meat in there. So people don't even know what they're actually getting. And yeah, I just think the disconnect is the biggest thing that people are just so disconnected and they're so driven by their temporary satisfaction and convenience that is pushed by these marketing companies and pushed by big food and pushed by big pharma and all these big conglomerates. So yeah, there's, there's so many levels to the corruption and it, and it was really seeped into the minds of people. And unfortunately, instead of the backlash going to the companies, it comes to us. That is so true. So let's say somebody is probably everybody who listens to this episode is going to be someone who's at least somewhat like-minded to us. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, holy shit, like there is a lot of corruption. Where in the beginning of your journey did you start or where do you think is like an easy, solid starting point for people who are like just getting their eyes open to all of this? Yeah, I, that it's, it's always so different for everybody. Right. I think for me, um, I had to just really, I'm kind of like an all or nothing person. (laughs) So when I find out this new information, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to get rid of everything. And I know that's like the first instinct for a lot of people They get very overwhelmed. And I always try to minimize the overwhelm, but I think the main thing is the awareness and the education. Like you can't, if you don't get yourself aware and majority of my, and I say this because a majority of my DMs are usually people that just want to know if a brand is good or not. And it's not about if the brand is good or not, right? It's just about what am I looking for, right? Does this brand speak to me, right? Does like, there's more than just like me, yes. And knowing a brand so that you can just, again, get the convenience of just going to the supermarket and be like, is this a, is this good food or not? Right. And obviously I, I try to help people with my actual website, but we don't sell food. So you're kind of pretty much on your own here, going to the supermarket and trying to figure it out. But I think if anyone's really just trying to make a major change in their life, it's start shopping the perimeter of the supermarket. Don't even bother going inside the little lanes, right? Trying to find 
you know, swaps for this and that, like, don't even worry about that right now. I think the main goal is just the nourishment of it all and making sure that you're really sticking to what lives, what breathes, what's walked to the earth. I think that is like the best place to start for people. And I know people are like, well, I don't really cook. I'm not really a cook. I will tell you, I literally make probably the same thing three times a week just because I'm like, this works for me, right? Like I love a good, you know, Korean beef recipe. I'll make that thing every single day because I know that it's going to be quick, right? I'm going to get my nourishment and I add the whatever veggies I like and I have all my main, you know, macros in there. But for the most part, I, I can add things that are seasonal. I can add things um, that are good, right? That taste amazing and that are indeed healthy for me. So obviously you have to be a little bit of a cook to do that stuff, but I will say that it does not have to be hard. I think people just get so caught up with so many labels in your face and so many things and so much time in the supermarket and it can get very overwhelming. And now people are coming out with apps left and right to start scanning your food. But I think the, the major key to what all of that is, is that you are not informing yourself. You know, like if you just want an app to tell you what's good and what's bad, you're not informing yourself on any of it, right? There's no app is going to, you know, is going to let you scan a lettuce and tell you this is bad. You know, you just have to look for yourself. It's like, has this ever grown on the earth, lived on the earth, breathed on the earth? Then it's fair for me to eat. Because even these healthier swaps that I love to recommend to people who are making that transition are still, a lot of them have never seen the light of day, you know? So you kind of have to think like, where are these things coming from? And to there's no better support, I think, than supporting a lot of farms. And I know a lot of supermarkets, even Whole Foods, at least my Whole Foods does this. There's a lot of smaller local farms that will donate blueberries and strawberries and, you know, vegetables of all sorts that, and I know that I'm doing something good, even if I don't have time to go to the farmer's market every weekend. I know that at least in my supermarket, if I stay on the perimeter, I'm bound to support at least one local company. So it's always like my go-to start to kind of just like ease people in and not feel overwhelmed because yeah, just looking at aisles and there's different brands, there's hundreds of brands in one aisle. It is very overwhelming and some people just aren't ready for all that right now. So just keep it, I keep it easy, keep it basic. Yeah, that is one of the easiest ways to simplify eating healthy because like you said, it takes away the factor of having to like stand there and read a label and dissect a label if you're not like ready to um completely like in, invest in that. And I think too, I really Liv and I both really relate to what you were saying about how people will just like DM you and want like just a yes or no answer on if a brand is good or bad. And people just want to be spoon fed things a lot and just like their hand held through every single part of the process. But that's definitely like not what we're about on this podcast either. Like we, we are here to give you all the health information and give you all the education, but it's up to you to decide what to do with that information and how you're going to apply it to your life and that kind of thing. And if we're telling, giving you all the answers, you're not really like actually learning anything. And you're also not thinking about how certain things make you feel like you don't have to necessarily agree with every single thing that I say, there can be some things that you take from it and some things that you leave and, and whatnot. Um, so I think it's really important that people understand, like, you also don't have to do everything that we're doing exactly how we're doing it. Like you can still make this your yeah. own journey um, and do what's best for you. And I saw that even on one of your comments where somebody was like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to, which way to go. And you're like, you already know the answer. Like you yourself within you already have all the answers. Like yeah. you don't need to overcomplicate it and try to, you know, find five different influencers and try to figure out which one you, you know, you agree with or whatever. Yeah. Like you already have, you already know what you believe and what you yeah. want ultimately yeah. want to do. People get so mad at me for like having kind of like short, simple responses. And I just feel like people, they get upset with me because I'm not giving them like the supplement that's going to cure them, you know? And it's crazy because I, you know, obviously people who don't know me, they're like, oh, she just wants to sell her supplements. And I was like, I actually like barely recommend my supplements, at least my supplement side of the website, when I have no idea where this person is coming from or what this person is doing. Cause I don't know if you actually need that supplement. And if you're looking to a supplement for, for a cure for something, because for example, I'll like 
the greens powder movement. <laughs> um, you know, everyone thinks that a greens powder is going to be for gut health. So when I review a greens powder, people are like, well, what do you suggest? I'm like, I don't suggest any greens powder for gut health because you need to actually find out what's causing your gut health problems. Because if I recommend you my greens that I have on my website and you still don't get results, guess what? We both look like assholes. Mm -hmm. So it looks bad on me and it feels bad for you. So I always try to encourage people like you have to dig deeper and they get very frustrated with me. Like, well, you don't have to be so harsh. I'm like, I'm, I'm just being honest because if I tell you, oh, this greens powder, then you, I get a million comments like, see, she's just trying to sell her supplements. But then I try to actually help people. And it's like, okay, uh, which one do you want me to do? So it gets, it's a really like iffy ground, honestly. But I will say when it comes to like the whole, like, obviously, as soon as you start coming out with the corruption, people want to know, like, is this a good brand? All you need to know, the brand doesn't even matter. Because I let's be honest, a lot of these brands are the same shit packaged differently. Honestly, yeah. I've seen... Like if people ask me about all these fitness companies, I'm like, just so you know, these are all the same brand. Like they are all the same brand, just packaged differently. Many of them come from literally the same warehouse. Like these are like, people don't even realize I, I found three brands all owned by the same singular person and they sell the same products packaged differently. It's absolutely insane what goes on in the fitness industry because you don't need any type of credentials to start a fitness supplement. Like we can all start one right now with, with zero credentials. So when people ask me like, is this a good brand? I'm like, all you need to know is like what to look out for. And you will be able to master the entire supermarket and an interweb. You will know everything of what is good or what is bad. You do not need to wait for me to come out with a video on it. You just got to know what to look out for and what's a priority for you. You know, like some people, they'll eat things with natural flavors. For me, I try to avoid them. But if that's okay for you, then cool, eat what you want. For me, I avoid artificial sweeteners. And if you're trying to avoid artificial sweeteners, guess what? All you have to do is understand what those artificial sweeteners are, SSLFAN, potassium, sucralose, whatever it may be. All you have to do is flip over or look online at any nutrition label. If you see those, avoid it. You don't have to wait for me to make a video. I'm not the god of your diet, you know, like you can start doing that today with zero down, you know, so <laughs> it, it's, it, it really blows my mind that people just want to be like, yeah, what you said, spoon fed, honestly. And I'm, I'm not a spoon feeder. I'm not your mother. So it's one of those things where as long as people put in the effort to learn and inform yourself and it does not take long and that will take you so far, like it'll take you to the whole supermarket and you're good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, um, because I do know that for me, at least like, it's nice to like, at least build a sense of community of people that I follow that I know I can trust, like where their information comes from and that kind of thing. And I think for other people who are going through a health journey, it's important that they have like, you know, a few people like, well, I really trust Ilya or I really trust this person or whatever. I think that people are, because there are so many influencers out there, it's like the big thing right now, people are so overwhelmed by the influx yeah. of information that they're receiving every day, scrolling TikTok and getting a hundred different opinions on the exact same topic. And they're like, mind blown. Like, I don't know what to do with all this information. Do you have advice for our listeners for like finding those trustworthy people to get your information from? Again, not saying you need to like write down every single thing they say and go do it right away, but like at least just to know that like it's trustworthy and like, you know, they can rely on it. Yeah, there's a that's a, that was a tough one, especially when I when I started because yeah, you kind of get overwhelmed and obsessed with like who to follow and what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like the big drivers for me when I was kind of trying to figure out when I first started, like, who do I unfollow? Who can I actually trust? Um, so I think the main thing is, is really look at how people talk about food. Like for me, the main thing that I look out for is people who automatically go, well, everything in moderation, no food is good or bad. Um, and also people who feel like they constantly need to kind of just defend themselves or say like point out misinformation. I find that very odd how I feel like almost every dietitian, and this is no shade, this is like Western dietitians. There's a lot of holistic dietitians that I think are amazing. Um, but there's a lot of Western dietitians where all their content is them just reviewing, reviewing in quotes, uh, or coming for these holistic things just to kind of like disprove 
all of us and like yeah essentially it's gaslighting you know in the nicest form but they that's that's like their whole page because mm-hmm. at the end of the day how are you going to create content by just telling you like everything is good you know there's not you're going to get bored after a couple of videos um so those are kind of the accounts that i personally like to avoid where majority of their videos of them just critiquing other people's diets like that's really not your goal you don't know anything about that person you don't know where they are in their journey that's like a major red flag to me so that's kind of what I look out for also if there's someone that you really like and you feel like I really trust this one person kind of see who they follow I mean I know I always do that I always try to see like hey is there someone I'm missing or um is there someone that you know is really like this person you know and that's kind of how I made some of my closest friends is and really paying attention to the people that they repost. So I like to repost a lot of content. I know a lot of people are just like kind of swipe through the story, but see who posted it. They may have, if you're interested in that subject, they may have so much more information on that subject. You know, if you, that's really something that, you know, tickles your pickle. So I think for me, that's something that I really look out for in other people's pages that are much larger than mine, or people are really interesting. Like if I'm really interested right now in hormone health, And I see someone post like a really cool post on hormones. Guess what? I'm going to click on that post. I'm going to see who, who it came from. It could be like a one-off page. You never know, but sometimes, or a lot of the time, these are coaches who provide free content and provide guides and provide, um, coaching or whatever courses, all of it. And that could really open it up for you to, you know, really explore your hormone health and dig a little deeper, learn something that you never learned before. So just really paying attention and trusting your gut. And if something doesn't sit right with you, there's probably a good reason. Mm, yeah. That's, a, that's one thing for me is like, I'll follow who I feel connected to. If I feel connected to them for some reason, like something they said just really resonated with me, or like they had a similar story to share of like something that I went through, or like, you just like feel that like intuitive connection to them then there's probably a reason why you feel that. And maybe you want to gravitate towards them and goes the other way too. If you're just getting like bad vibes, like just unfollow. (laughs) Exactly. Like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's important to note that like, there are so many free resources out there because I think a lot of people think that like eating healthy and being healthy has to be so expensive. Um, and I had like somebody comment, I, I posted a video about like healthier alternatives to things I used to eat as a kid. And these were still processed foods, but just a healthier version mm-hmm. of them. Um, and someone was like, well, what do you suggest for someone who doesn't make six figures? And I was like, well, I, my answer was kind of like, well, one, let's be mad at the food industry for making healthier products more expensive, not me. <laughs> and two, if you can't swap these things out, you don't have to. It's not a forced, I'm not forcing this law on anybody. It's just suggestions. But three, we also have a ton of free resources. We have a whole entire podcast of 50 plus episodes that are completely free that you can go listen to with health tips and suggestions. And their response to me was, you didn't answer my question. I was like, no, I just didn't give you the answer you wanted, but I did fully answer your question. And there are tons of free resources out there and it doesn't have to be expensive. And just because Mm -hmm. someone's suggesting an alternative or a swap that's not within your budget doesn't mean that that person doesn't have other free information that might be helpful to you, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think it's, it's important that you kind of mentioned you know, like your number two one about like, it kind of went back to my point of saying like, sometimes like the best swap is no swap. If people want to just create comfort for themselves. So it's, it's easier for you. Like, do I really need this like Hugh kitchen chocolate bar to replace my Hershey's? Like, do I really need this? No, it's just, this is making that swap is going to be more comfortable for me than instead of me figuring out why I have this crippling sugar craving. <laughs> like, and that's something that, again, like, that's why I kind of hate TikTok is because you can't address those things where it's like, yeah, I can sit here and I can give you swaps all day. Like I get people all day that are like, Hey, I have like energy drinks every single day. What's a cleaner alternative yeah, I have a cleaner alternative for you, but you sound like your fatigues are just gone. And it doesn't seem like a cleaner alternative is actually going to be helpful for you. So yeah, it can get expensive if you're constantly chasing the healthier version of that thing that you probably shouldn't be eating in the first place because it's not helping your health. And I've noticed at least for myself keeping, I don't snack as much as I used to. I used to snack a lot. That was like part of my whole diet. And if I do snack, I literally have my 
I have like apples, some walnuts, <laughs> and dark chocolate right here. That's like my pod. I was on meetings all day, but um, it was like my little snack time. Um, but normally, if this was me ten, five years ago, uh, I'd probably be eating, I don't know, pizza or I'd probably heat something up in the microwave or I'd have a bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I don't, this is, this didn't cost me a lot. An apple was like, what, like 75 cents. I bought a bag of walnuts for $5, not even. And then dark chocolate, which you can find mostly anywhere. It doesn't have to have to be the cleanest one, but that's I'm, I'm chilling right now. I put a little almond butter if you want peanut butter. Um, but yeah, people make it seem like you have to buy all these healthy alternatives to be healthy. No, what you actually need to do is not be inside your house all day. Okay. And sitting in front of a screen, what you do need to do is move a little bit more, even if it's for five minutes, instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs, instead of getting the closest parking spot to the supermarket, walk a little, you need to get sun on your eyeballs. You need to decrease your stress, have med- like have time to meditate and decompress. And there's so many other things that are like the pillars of health. I can sit here and sell you the, the most expensive supplement, but if you're not taking care of yourself on a day-to-day basis and, and prioritizing your movement and your sleep and your hydration, guess what? That supplement is going to do jack nada for you. So mm-hmm. people really forget that I think because it's free, they don't value it. They don't mm. think it do anything like things have to be expensive for them to be worth anything, you know, like have to, like, I have to buy this. Like everybody loves athletic greens right now because it's like $90. And I'm like, if you think I'm going to pay $90 for some grounded up vegetables, you're out of your mind. But people <laughs> think that because it's so expensive, it's going to cure their gut problems or something like no, it's not like you probably just taking a breath before you eat every day is going to do more for your digestion than this $90 greens powder that you're just going to probably pee out half the vitamins anyway. So yeah, people just think expensive means it's going to work when that's not always the case. Yeah. Wow. I've loved this episode. I feel like this was the real information (laughs) we needed to share to everybody who will listen to this before we wrap up, how can people one find you, but also how can people use your website? Because we haven't even touched on that. And that's another really great resource for people. Yeah. So I started live healthily three years ago. Cause I felt like I had to buy from like all these different websites. If I wanted like a good protein powder, or if like I wanted something, I was stuck to like one brand. So I didn't have to pay like shipping for like four different brands. So essentially I like to think of myself as like the Amazon of all things clean. I get to sit there and vet all of the products myself. And I, they go through a lot of just testing through the brand. And then also me making sure everything is kind of up to my own standard. We allow absolutely nothing artificial and no endocrine disruptors. So everything from hair care to pre-workout to greens powders, um, to baby products, to men's products, to cleansers, to skincare, all of it. We literally have it all honestly. Um, but yeah, I started to really just make it easy for people to shop those people who do want something a little bit more convenient for themselves. So yeah, that's kind of, that's live healthily, obviously, Ali, the name healthily, all, everything kind of meshes <laughs> together. Um, so yeah, that's what live healthily is. It's really just a place so people can feel really confident about shopping. And if they're really just don't want to have to look through every single ingredient and product and they're like, where do I start? Or they want to buy this protein brand, but then this pre-workout brand, cause they like this one better, but then they also want to pick up their shampoo and their body wash. They can do that all in one place all low tox, all safe for you. And yeah, we're constantly growing. We've only been open like a year and a couple months, honestly. And we've really just blown up, which is great. And then of course you can find me on healthily and that's Instagram and TikTok. but be nice on there. I'm fragile being that's all I got. No more social media for me. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, we totally feel that. Well, thank you, Ellie, for joining us today. This is such a good conversation. We love how just straight up no bullshit you are. And yeah, everyone, um, after listening to this episode and you want to learn more about Ellie, what she does, please go follow her, check out her store and yeah, we'll have to talk again soon. Yes, we will. Thank you guys so much. This is so fun. Mm-hmm. Have yes, a good evening. You, so much. you too. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.